This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today. We have people that watch every time we come on the air, and we appreciate that. And we are delighted to have those who may be watching today for the very first time. It is almost inevitable that every time we're on the air, someone will let us know this is the first time that I've ever seen the telecast. Tell someone else about it. Now today we want to talk about a great event that all will attend. A great event that all will attend. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I emphasize it is free, and we want you to know more about it and know how to receive it, so why don't we pause for just a moment. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading from the book of Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verses 27 and 28, the last two verses of Hebrews chapter 9. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this is the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. There have been many great events in the history of the world. Really great days in the history of the world. It was a great event, of course, when God created the heavens and the earth. When he said, let there be light, and there was light. When he formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and that first man became a living soul. It was a great event when God came down upon Mount Sinai and gave to mankind the first written law, the Ten Commandments. It was a great event when Jesus Christ was born. It was a great event when Jesus Christ was crucified. You said there have been many great events in the history of the world. But I want to talk to you about the greatest event of all. And every person watching this telecast is going to be at that great event. And Paul talks about that event in Hebrews 9 and verse 27 when he said, As it is appointed unto a man to die once, after this, the judgment. Every individual is going to be at this event. Let me tell you some things about it. You know when there's a, a great event going to be in the community, 
as a general rule, that event is well advertised. Near where I live, they have a, a venue where they bring in musical groups and they sing. And generally, when that's about to take place, there's a lot of advertising going on. The event that I'm talking about has been well advertised. And that's advertised by the Apostle Paul in Hebrews 9:27, when he says, after this, the judgment. That event is going to be the day of judgment. Paul advertised it well in Acts chapter 17 upon Mars Hill, when he said, the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. In Acts chapter 24 and verse 25, when he was talking to Felix, he reasoned with Felix about righteousness, temperance, and the judgment to come, I am persuaded that if we talk more about the judgment to come, there might be better living today. We don't think about the coming judgment. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, Paul advertised it again when he said we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone must receive the things done in his body according to death done, whether it's good or whether it's bad or evil. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 12, he said, So then every one of us, every one of us, must give an account of himself to God. So this event we're talking about, the day of judgment, has been well advertised. But I don't know when this is going to happen. Generally, when there's an event that's about to take place in our community, you will know the, the day, you'll know the time, and, of course, you'll know what it will cost for you to be there. But I don't know when the day of judgment is going to take place. No one knows when that's going to take place. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So there's going to be a time when the heaven and earth will pass away. But in verse 36, Jesus said, Of that day and hour, that is, of the day and hour that the heaven and earth passes away, knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. The only one who knows the time of this great event, the judgment, is the Lord himself. And many try to speculate about the second coming of Christ, the end of time, and the time of the judgment. But there is not a human being that has ever lived, that presently lives, or ever will live, who has that information. Men can make all the speculations, set all of the dates they please, but we do not know when that event will take place. The thing we ought to do is to prepare ourselves as though that event is going to take place in just by next breath. That is, we ought to live in a state of readiness for this great day. Now, what's going to precede this event? 
What are the events to precede the day of judgment? Number one, the Lord Jesus Christ will come back before this takes place. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back at the end of time. It, it was at the ascension of Jesus, as is recorded in Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, that we're told, Why stand ye, you, you, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus whom you have seen taken up into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus Christ is going to come back someday. Look at Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28 again. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time. He will appear a second time without sin unto salvation. So before the day of judgment, Jesus Christ will come. The second observation we make is that on preceding this event, there will be the resurrection of the dead. In John 5 and 28, Jesus said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. When Jesus Christ comes back, then the dead are going to be raised. Some believe that there will be a period of seven years between the resurrection of the righteous and the resurrection of the unrighteous. But the text in John chapter 5 will not allow such an assumption. Jesus said the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. Who will hear his voice? All that are in the graves shall hear his voice. What will all that are in the graves that hear his voice do? They will come forth. When they will come, when will they come forth? When they hear his voice in that hour, that is in that specific point of time, they will come forth. The fact of the matter is, when Jesus Christ comes back, the dead are going to be raised. And what a day that's going to be. Country graveyards will look like a rough plowed field in the springtime. Soldiers that have been slain and forgotten on a thousand battlefields be raised up on that day. It's going to be the day the dead are raised. And then third, the earth will be destroyed. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 10, Peter said, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Jesus Christ is coming back. The dead are going to be raised. And this old world, as you and I know it, will be destroyed. I was talking with a, a lady one day, and she said, Brother Lambert, what do you think is going to happen to the earth when Jesus comes again? She said, now let me tell you what I think. 
She said, I think the Lord is going to just kind of burn it over like you burn toast. Well, I said, uh, Jesus uh, uh, is coming back for sure. And Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3 and verse 10 what's going to happen when he comes back. And he said, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, that is unexpectedly, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be what? Burned up, not scorched, like you burn toast, is going to be destroyed. And that's what's going to happen when Jesus Christ comes. Those are the events to precede the judgment. Now this great event, the day of judgment, that we're talking about will be attended by all people. One of the things that is a source of grief to those who do church work, to those who are ministers of the gospel, to those who are elders of the church trying to lead the church, one of those things that causes them sleepless nights and causes them to be often in prayer are members of the church who are very careless in their attendance. But I can tell you one thing for certain. Everyone is going to attend this event. I've often thought in, in, in doing church work that some, some people could not, I don't know of anything you could do to, to get them to do what's right. I, for the last uh, 50 years, I have preached in gospel meetings. Some call, refer to them as revivals. And, and in all of those years, I, I've seen brethren work hard to, to have good crowds. People come out to hear the gospel preached. But I believe that you could put a sign out in front of the church building, 40 feet long, with letters 10 feet high in red, and some people still wouldn't come. That is, you couldn't get their attention. And the reason is, they're not interested. But I can tell you one thing. We may not attend church services. We may not attend revivals. We may not attend gospel meetings. But this is one event that you're going to attend. You're going to be there. That everyone will give an account of himself to God, whether you want to be there or not. Regardless of what you may have planned for that day, you're going to be there. And there won't be any excuses for that day. Over the years, I've, I've heard all kinds of excuses that people give that for, for not attending uh, worship services. I, I wish that I had kept a record of all of those. I, I, I think some of them have been so humorous although it's quite a very serious thing, but some of them have given such humorous excuses that I think would have been a, a, a something good to, to have kept a record of. I, I, for example, one time I was preaching and in a revival or gospel meeting, and I went out to visit a family and I encouraged them to come to the service that night. She said, well, I can't be there. She said, I've got potatoes in the oven. Potatoes in the oven? Another time I asked a, a person to come to a service and they said, I, I, I won't be there tonight, Brother Lambert. My, my cat is in the veterinarian, at the veterinarian hospital and I've got to go by and check on my cat. 
All kinds of excuses. I've heard people say it's too hot, it's too cold. They're hypocrites in the church. I don't have anything to wear. I'm tired. I have to work. All kinds of reasons and excuses that people give. But I can tell you one thing. You're going to be present for this day because God will not accept any excuses. Oh, many are going to try to reason their way out of it with God, but God will not accept your excuses. You're going to be there. Listen to Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 and following. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, all of His holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them as a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. And he'll set the sheep on the right hand, the goats on the left. You see, when the Lord comes back, all men who have lived from the time of Adam until time shall be no more are going to appear in the judgment. You see, all people are going to be there on that occasion. All are going to attend. Let me tell you who's going to do the speaking at this event. You know, sometimes there will be an event in our community and they will advertise not necessarily who's speaking, but who is going to be singing, who's going to be playing music, making music. And usually it's a very well-known group that's singing. And people will flock out and pay their money to go to hear that person sing. But on this occasion, there's going to be someone to do the speaking. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, He's going to be the judge at this event. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, Paul said, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, and the dead at His appearing. And so Jesus Christ will be our judge on this occasion. If there's any talking done, Jesus will do the talking. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 31, Paul said He's appointed a day in the which He will judge the world in righteousness by that one whom He hath ordained. Jesus Christ is going to be the judge on that occasion. I'm so thankful that I'm not going to be judged by a group of preachers. I'm so thankful that I'm not going to be judged by a bunch of disgruntled church members. I'm thankful that I'm not going to be judged by some of the brethren in, in the brotherhood who, who write in their papers, and sometimes they write so critically and negatively. I'm thankful that I'm going to be judged by an impartial judge, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what do you suppose the Lord is going to talk about on this occasion? What's He going to discuss on this occasion? You know, sometimes preachers try to be sensational with their, with their topics. And, and I have noticed, especially in, in recent years, uh, uh, among our younger preachers, they, li they like to come up with some sensational topic. And there's not anything wrong with having a sensational topic. But Jesus is not going to have a sensational uh, topic to discuss. He's going to talk about our life. And He's going to talk about our works. In, in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 20 
And in verse number 12, he, he explains to us what he's going to talk about on that occasion. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books. You see, we're going to be judged by the life that we have lived. If I've lived a life for Jesus, all will be well with my soul. When I stand before God on the day of judgment, and if I've had my sins forgiven in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to stand there with my sins having been washed away in the blood of the Lamb. You see, Revelation, Romans chapter 4 and verse 8 talks about a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That is, hold them against them. He'll not have to give an account for them anymore. And the person who will not have to give an account for his sins is the person whose sins have been forgiven. First John 1 and 7 says that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. That means it continues to cleanse our sins, but it's conditioned upon our continually walking in the light. And so if I've walked in that light, that blood is continually cleansing me of sin. So when I stand there at the judgment, I'm not going to stand there to account for the sins of my life because those sins have been forgiven. I will be there to hear the Lord say to me, Well done, good and faithful servant, to get my reward. But what about that individual? who has not given their life to Jesus? What about that individual whose life has not been cleansed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? What about that person who has heard sermon after sermon after sermon, and yet they have never given their life to Jesus Christ? Let's just assume for the sake of argument that you became responsible for your sins when you were 12 years old. I don't know when a person becomes responsible for their sins. I, that is a, I don't think there's a certain age. I think it has a more to do with one's maturity, one's background, their teaching. Well, let's just assume for the sake of an illustration that it's 12. How old are you now? You say, well, I'm, 40, I'm 50 years old. Well, do you realize that if you became responsible for your life when you were 12 and now you're 50, you've got 38 years of living without Jesus piled up and stacked up against you. You've got 38 years of living in sin and you don't want to face God in the judgment with all of those sins held against you. And it's not necessary because you can have your sins forgiven. But I'm telling you, that's going to come up in the judgment. The Lord is going to talk about our life and what we have done with our life. But then here's another observation I want to make about this great event. And that's the reaction to it. Oh, when there's a big event in town and, and there are thousands of people that attend that event, oh, they get so excited. Not only do they talk about it days before it happens, they talk about it days after it happens. And they talk about what a wonderful time they had. Well, what's, what's going to be the reaction of people on this day, the day of judgment? Are they going to like it? Well, certain people will like it. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus talked about a man who, who had been given two talents, another been given five talents, and each of those used those talents well. And to them the Lord will say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you rule over many things. Enter thou into the joy 
of thy Lord. And that's what we want to hear on that occasion, isn't it? But in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Well, what day is he talking about? He's talking about the day of judgment, of course. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, well, wait, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. And in your name cast out devils, in your name done many wonderful works. But the Lord said, I will profess unto you, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. We don't want to hear that. But there are going to be some reactions on this occasion. And some are going to be happy. Some are going to be eternally sad. Usually in a gospel meeting or a revival, we, we have people who respond to the invitation. As a matter of fact, we, we do that in our services every time we have a, a worship service. At the close of the service, we will sing a song and We'll, we refer to it as an invitation song. That is, it's a song that we sing to encourage people to respond to the gospel. And they will come down to the front. We'll find out if they want to be baptized. We will find out if they want to have the prayers of the church. And sometimes there are people who make confessions. But let me tell you about this event. There are going to be some confessions at this event. This is going to be the time where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And there will be a dismissal to some. To some the Lord will say, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Can I ask you a very personal question? Are you prepared for this great event? Are you prepared to meet God in the judgment? May I encourage you if you're not prepared, as a believer in Jesus Christ, to make up your mind to repent of your sins. Confess that you believe Jesus is the Christ and be baptized for the remission of your sins, Acts 2.38. Jesus said to repent and to be baptized for the remission of sin in that passage. He said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Would you do that today? I want to encourage you to visit the church of Christ that's in your community. There, those people will help you prepare for eternity. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. My prayer.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for getting to know your Bible. Please,